On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, we continue our series of get-to-know in-depth chats with Les McTavish of the Vauxhall Academy of Baseball. Welcome to episode 121 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. There aren't many hats Les McTavish hasn't worn in Southern Alberta baseball in recent years. From a young athlete to playing at Prairie Baseball Academy over to Washington State University to some time with the Oyen Pronghorns and Lethbridge Bulls before heading to the coaching ranks with the American Legion Lethbridge Elks, the PBA, Team Alberta, the Bulls, the Canadian Junior National Team, and now with the Vauxhall Academy of Baseball. He's also served with the Alberta Amateur Baseball Council and has been an area scout for the Seattle Mariners over the last few years. Clearly no shortage of things to talk about when it comes to his journey, but also about how the game has changed in the last 20 plus years here in this province and about life coming full circle for him as he watches his kids play sports. Les, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. My pleasure, Joe. Looking forward to it. We've had a lot of fun getting to know some of the names around baseball here in Alberta over the last few episodes, which brings us to our conversation here. Uh, Let's go back to the very beginning, though. When you were growing up, was baseball always the dream? Good question. Uh, No. You know, I grew up in central Alberta. I was raised in Stetler uh, and moved from Stetler in the 10th grade up to Slave Lake, Alberta. I, I think like every young a young Canadian hockey was a dream. Um, my passion though, growing up was probably hockey and golf. Um, baseball was probably a third option. Um, and then, you know, later into my high school years, all of a sudden the baseball world kind of opened up and I got better at it. So I think part of it, uh, um, you know, I, hockey's still a passion of mine. I, I, I do enjoy golf. I like to fish, but you know, it's funny, you know, would I have ever in my wildest dreams thought I'd be working full time in the baseball world for the last 20 plus years? Uh, no chance. And uh, I'm very fortunate that I am, but uh, certainly wasn't my dream growing up. And um, but I am fulfilling a dream now. So when did that switch flick for you? When did you realize that, hey, this baseball thing might actually be something that you want to pursue, especially in the early days as being a player? Um, well, growing up, I, I think I was always, you know, it, it's hard to tell sometimes when you look back on your baseball career. I think I was always an okay player. Um, I was primarily a catcher. Um, so in the Bantam world, I would have been a catcher. Um, I never I never remember pitching at all until uh, close to the 11th grade, 10th, 11th, uh, close to the 11th grade, I think, is when I started pitching. And then Team Alberta kind of opened up and... Um, you know, I, I think I was an okay catcher. I could hit okay, but I always had a decent arm. Um, and then when I got on the mound, I was tall and lanky and, and had a decent arm. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to, to have an opportunity with Team Alberta. And then things started to open up from there. So um, it was it was that 10th, 11th grade year um, where all of a sudden baseball became a reality. At the same time, I went to a junior hockey, a couple junior hockey camps, one in Medicine Hat, one in Lloyd Minister, and so it was it was kind of a choice at that point in time. And I think I was just an okay hockey player, by no means a superstar. And um, I was fortunate to make the right decision, and 
and uh, been able to to spend a lifetime in the game of baseball. And obviously, as you mentioned, you represented Alberta a few times. You headed to Prairie Baseball Academy as well for their first year. What stands out most for you in that experience? Um, well, coming out of high school, I had had some injuries my senior year, um, uh, relating back actually to a hockey injury, and PBA was in it's going to go into its first year. I had a couple options to go to a couple junior colleges in Kansas, um, and chose to, or my dad actually uh, encouraged me to do the Prairie Baseball Academy after having a conversation with head coach Blair Kubasek. Um, at one point, I was thinking about possibly playing hockey at the University of Lethbridge all at the same time. So, um, you know, I look back on the first year of PBA and we didn't win a lot of games. There was a lot of good players that went through the program at that point in time. Um, but I was fortunate. I went to the University of Lethbridge and, and was fortunate to, to be seen by Washington State and, and uh, had a decent summer and, and uh, yeah, got, got an opportunity to pitch in the Pac-10 for four years, which at the time I didn't really realize how big a deal it was um and i look back sometimes you wish you could do it all over again to to really take it all in but uh, i have some great memories for sure when you do look back on that time with uh, washington state what makes you kind of smile the most as uh, you look back on those four years my friendships you know we never won a college world series we never went to the college world series uh but friendships and and we encourage that a lot with Vauxhall right now is you you go baseball is going to come and go um, but I, I met so many great lifelong friends, um, you know, very fortunate that, you know, a lot, some of them were in my wedding party. I was in some of their wedding parties. Um, but it was, I had some great friendships. I remember a lot of the other sports, the baseball was awesome. And there's so many great stories on the baseball front, but I remember, you know, the football games and, you know, the Ryan Leafs and the Jason Gessers and some of these quarterbacks that went through and, you know, basketball and, and all everything that encompasses being a student athlete. And uh, I was fortunate to be part of that, but it's the friendships. And I think uh, they're lifelong and, and uh, you may not see somebody or even talk to somebody for several years. And, and, and then when you reconnect, it's, it's uh, we use the same motto in Vauxhall, but uh, we stole it from Washington state. Once a Coug, always a Coug. And it's kind of how you feel with your friends that you develop there. Was there ever a moment when you made that transition into college ball where you felt a little like a fish out of water almost because you are the Canadian, the, the token Canadian maybe on on the staff or on the roster? Did they Were they pretty welcoming right from the get? No, they were super welcoming. Uh, we had some really good guys. We were really young. We had a big incoming class that year. I think it was 12 or 13 freshmen. So we were young. Um, so we developed a really good relationship and, you know, you look back on it, and, and this is the mid-90s. I jumped in a car, drove down there all on my own, kind of <laughs> figured out where I was supposed to go and, and moved in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. My my, my career, and, and it was by no means, a, you know, I was by no means a superstar collegiately, but early on, so my freshman year at Washington State, the fall, I don't know if I allowed to run the entire fall, but I didn't know any better. I just went out, pitched, and job was to get everybody out that spring i i was a was a freshman and and was a starting opening we i think game two or game three of my freshman career uh, freshman year i was the opening i was a starter and had a miserable start and uh was actually under the weather a couple days before and just had a miserable start 
and but I started to think about things and think, okay, I could do this, and this is where at the level I was at. And instead, rewinding to the fall, I just would go out and pitch. And and uh, sometimes maybe that freshman year spring, I certainly had some self doubt. Um, I think we all go through that, it, whether it's on the baseball field or in life or in business. Um, I had some self doubt. Hey, maybe I'm not good enough to be here, and maybe. Maybe this isn't for me. And then my last outing was at the University of Washington, and I had a really good outing. I came in, and we were down a lot, and I got to come in the ball game, and and was able to give us several scoreless innings. And I I started to believe, and and then kind of carried over to the following year. So there was never times when I was worried about being a Canadian. I think sometimes I embraced that more than anything. Um, you know, they would rip me a lot, and they would you know make a lot of jokes about it, but. To me, it was never anything personal. They they uh, did it just to be part of a group. How much of that past experience do you tap into as you coach at the high school level now with Vauxhall? How, especially in, when you talk about that self doubt and that kind of thing, to maybe give those kids an opportunity to see, hey, you know what, you can get through this. This isn't you know the end of the world if you're feeling a little down. That kind of thing. No, I, we try to relate a lot to it. You know, I, I, we're fortunate we have three full-time coaches and Jim Kokus is our our, uh, our hitting coach and Joel Blake's one of our coaches and both had really good careers. They were completely different players than I was. So we utilize experiences that we have and not telling stories about how good or how poor we did, but about things that we wish we might have did a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look back on my career and I think when I would just go out and pitch and and worry about see the sign throw it believe in it and let it go I was really good but when I was so worried about who we were facing and this guy's an all-american and this team's number three in the nation and and is when I struggled and uh, instead of just going out and believing in yourself and at the end of the day as a pitcher for in particular when the ball leaves your fingertips you just gotta worry about feeling your position there's nothing else you can do and sometimes I was worried about the peripheral, I think, at times. And, um, you know, my, my career, my collegiate career, career kind of started down, went really high up and then went down again. And so it was kind of up and down. And when I look back, it was probably more mental. It was never physical part of things that I felt like I struggled with. I think it was more the mental side that, um, you know, I, I, I could have did a better job with and I could have embraced and tried to learn from your other teammates, you know, they we had I had several teammates at Washington State that were extremely, extremely strong mentally, and I wish I would have looked back on it and tried to learn from them a little bit more. Take us back to the days of the Saskatchewan Major Baseball League, the predecessor, of course, to the Western Major Baseball League, which is the predecessor to the Western Canadian Baseball League, but you were with Oyen and the Lethbridge Bulls. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience and what you took away from it. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh... You know, I was fortunate to to play in Oyen and and to play with the Leopards Bulls. Um, we'll add one more name into that. I was able to play with the Coldale Gophers, G O F O R. So Oyen Oyen left Oyen and went to Coldale on its way to Leopards when Pro Ball left. So there was a one year stop in Coldale hmm. and in that league, and then it went to. Um, and then it went to Lethbridge. So I was pretty fortunate to be part of it. There's, there's some great stories. And again, there was good friendships. And um, it, it was funny when I look back on that time, that was probably a defining moment in my career. I had some opportunities to go play summer baseball, both in, in uh, I think, Humboldt, California and up in Alaska. 
and I got a pitching coach job with the Leopard Jelks. So while I was playing college baseball, I was the pitching coach for the American Legion team and also pitching with the Leopard Bulls. So I would pitch on, on Wednesday nights for the Bulls and, and coach baseball the other days and make sure I stayed in shape until the following Wednesday night. So there's some pretty, but you know, that was probably a defining moment in my, in my life where I developed a passion for during those times with the SMBL uh, is where I developed a passion for coaching. And then fast forward, I was super young and, and the head coach of the Bulls right in behind that. So did you know that you wanted to get into coaching at some point or was that something that was almost accidentally stumbled upon and fell in love with? I think it was probably accidental. Um, you know, I think you always have mentors in your life and, and I was very fortunate to have several mentors that I learned from and if they gave me a good experience. It started with Scott Oyakawa and Jim Kokus uh, with Leopard Jocks. I was 19 years old. Um, I didn't know them from Adam. I didn't know them at all. I, I drove over from Washington State, met him in Great Falls, started coaching baseball, and I developed a passion. But they gave me a really good initial experience. And then right in behind that was, was Blair Kubasek and Todd Hopka with the PBA. Um, and then following that up was Greg Hamilton with, with uh, Team Canada. So I was really fortunate to have three or four great coaching mentors. And I think if, if I was going to give any advice to any young uh, aspiring coach – is to find a mentor and lean on that mentor, try to learn from that mentor, spend as much time with that mentor, pick the brain of that mentor as much as you can, because I think that's an important piece. And I think sometimes we forget about it. We we're always so, so excited and such in a hurry to, to be successful and do great things that we forget that there is a process to it. And um, I hope I'm a better coach today at, in my mid forties than I was when I was 23 years old or 19 years old. I, I, I continue to hope that I, uh, and aspire to, to be better every year. When you look back at this last 20 years worth of coaching, what's been the most gratifying aspect of that job? Uh, you know, when I look back at coaching, it's just the relationships you build with people and players. Um, you know, that's what I'm missing most right now. And, Sure, it's great to go to Las Vegas and to play in at UNLV and to play in Missoula, but it's the relationships you build with other coaches, um, with other players, and then most importantly with with uh, your current players. And you know, I I it very rarely do I want to tell a story about a former Vauxhall player, or a Bulls player, or a Team Canada player that's only about the baseball field. It's about something off the field or it's some type of relationship that you built. And that's what I cherish the most with is the relationships you build with players and, and kids. Um, and hopefully you're able to give them a few things that they can, they can look back on in their career and, and go back to it to be able to help them out of a tough time. Um, we've all been through it. And, you know, I, I, you know, these 12th graders right now, they, They've never been in a hotel together as a team. Yes, we live in a dorm together with Vauxhall, but they've never even been in a hotel. So that's what I want to do this year more than anything is just be able to get to a hotel and go on a road trip with somebody and um, allow these kids to, to, you know, be and bond together. You know, yes, they live in a dorm, but just to be able to get out and build some of those memories and relationships, I guess, is, is a big piece of it.
Take us back to 2006. You become head coach, director of baseball operations for Vauxhall Academy of Baseball. Walk us through how that even came to be, how you ended up in Vauxhall. Well, at the time, I was working for the Alberta Amateur Baseball Council. I was the operations manager. Uh, I was coaching Team Canada, and I had just finished coaching the Leopards Bulls. And I had a, they called me, um, their original founding fathers of Vauxhall, to help look at the template that they were building. And at one point, I was going to maybe sit on the selection committee to help hire a coach. And when I started looking at it, I thought, wow, this could be a cool opportunity to build a college baseball environment at the high school level, add the structure that we want at the high school level, um, and, and build a program. And we were really fortunate. We had a lot of great people early on. Um, so I guess rewind, I, I decided to put my name in and, and was fortunate to be interviewed. And I believe there was 40 or 50 applicants because it was a unique uh, venture. And so when they did hire me, we we built the template. We had a ton of great people, and, and the majority are still involved today, um, right from our president to our vice president. And, you know, we, we had good people around, and, and uh, I think as any leader would say, you're only as good as your two-hole. And, you know, Jim Kokos was our assistant coach and our two-hole coach, and he still is today. Um, and we've had a ton of continuity and a ton of uh, traditions built over the years, but we've had a lot of people that are still involved today that were involved in 2006. And I think that's the key to, to success with organizations is to continue to build consistency year to year. And, and uh, yeah, 2006, there's lots changed. I can tell you that much. And uh, but I'm, I'll, I'll always cherish the 21. We had 21 players that year. Uh, the players that did, did decide to take the leap of faith to move to small town in southern Alberta to become a part of a baseball academy. Um, and we look at what's happened today. There's baseball academies all over the globe. Um, and I think and I hope we were part of that transition a long time ago. What's it been like from your perspective to see the growth of the Vauxhall program through your eyes? Um, it's gratifying. It's humbling. Um, you know, you're honored to be part of it. Uh, you know, certainly I feel, you know, that I've had a piece of that puzzle, but, you know, we, like we say to our players all the time when they come to Vauxhall, our, op, our job is to keep you on the rails. We'll keep you between the lines. Your job is to drive the vehicle, maintain the vehicle, and you owe everything to the players. You know, ultimately they're the key. If you don't get the right players, the right students, the right human beings, uh, that's the key to the program. And, you know, it's easier said than done at times, but sometimes you might not win a few games and you might not have the best player that is in the program. But if you get the right, that's the key. And uh, we've been very fortunate that we've had a ton of great people in our program and, and some that are now doctors or lawyers or professional athletes or teachers or own their own business. And those are the people that you, you really enjoy getting to know and really seeing where, you know, people are dads now. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun. 
you've been doing a really good job of segueing into my next questions as I go through it in my head. And the next question I wanted to ask was about that aspect of things is, yeah, some of these guys aren't going to, most of these guys aren't going to end up in the pros or they may get a, a good uh, college career under their belts kind of thing. But afterwards, um, it's got to be really interesting to see the, the wide array of uh, places that some of these players have ended up going towards. I, I think it's incredible. You know, I, I remember Kubi, you know, Blair Kubasek with PBA talking about that in the past. And when we honored him at PBA last year, he that's what he talked about the most. And, you know, it, it's 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 a ton of fun just seeing where, where past take kids. And, you know, you might think somebody's going to be a professional superstar and maybe it takes a different path or they get hurt and or they weren't a great student at Vauxhall and now they're a lawyer or they own their own business and extremely successful. Um, you know, it, it's a ton of fun to watch, you know, and now I've been fortunate. I, I have my own son that's going through it um, and, and going to graduate. And so it kind of comes full circle, but it is, it is humbling. And uh, you know, that that's gotta be the most gratifying thing as a coach is to, to watch young men, uh, or ladies in whatever sport it may be, uh, fulfill a dream and and to see where they end up and and hopefully they can draw back on some of the things that we've taught them at their with their time at Vauxhall that they can draw back and and utilize it to to help them through. When you look back on when you were a player, for example, and you look at the scene here in Alberta now, how would you assess the difference in the talent that we have here? What how would you grade maybe the talent that we have here today? It's it's really really good. The, you know, players in general are just better, and they but they've also been trained harder. They're bigger. They're stronger. They throw harder. They hit the ball farther. Um, you know, I think there was the athletes were always there twenty some years ago, but the players in today's day and age are so much more advanced. And um, I actually thought about this the other day. I wonder if I even would have recruited myself to go to Vauxhall Baseball <laughs> Academy in 1995 or 1993 when I, I think I would have. I hope I would have. Uh, but you, you sometimes wonder, you know, it'd be that'd be a good question to ask all the academy coaches. Would you have recruited yourself <laughs> in high school? Uh, I don't know if I was good enough. You know, maybe, maybe I wasn't good enough at the time. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it, it it's funny, you know, you – it's incredible how, but they work so hard at it. It doesn't matter what program you are, if you're in Okotoks or Badlands or in Edmonton or Calgary or Vauxhall, these kids work extremely hard at their craft. They're they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster than they've ever been. And, uh, you know, there's maybe more injuries because of that as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Even just in, since 2006 when we started, I remember vividly the first day a Vauxhall Academy player ever hit 85. And I remember the first time a player ever hit 90. Well, now in 90s, like the, there's lots of guys that hit 90 in all the programs. It's, it's crazy. You know, if, if you threw, if you threw above 80 in high school in 2006, you were, you threw really hard, really hard. And now, you got to be, you know, north of 90. So, but at the end of the day, velocity is not everything. You still got to get people out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, if, and the unfortunate part in the COVID times that we're in right now 
everything's about indoor training. There's nothing about competing in a game. So sometimes we're too worried about how hard we threw in the bullpen because if we would have thrown 88 in the bullpen, we're super happy. If, if But if we were outside and, and we threw 85 and we threw five scoreless innings, we'd probably be even more high. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's sometimes, you know, it's a double-edged sword at times. Mm-hmm. How much of the success that we see today is based off of success breeding success? And by that, I mean you start to see some of these guys who maybe get a, a taste of pro ball or have a really successful college career come back. You know, in your case, I look at a guy like Josh Bergman who comes back and trains with you or offers a few nuggets to some of the younger guys, and they all of a sudden see that there is a path and it is worth putting in the work. 100%. You know, I think success breeds success, and I think the kids that are most successful at boxing are the kids that are extremely competitive. So you're going to have, like, Bergie's back right now. He's great. He spends time, energy with pitchers, with position players, even with coaches. We learn things from Josh or from Adam Mako, or I wish we could have Ben Anishko, who's still playing. He's a name that a lot of people forget about and mm-hmm. uh, pitched with the Mariners. But they offer a ton but we also forget of how much success breeds success with players that are currently. And I think you could ask any academy in Alberta or in Canada for that matter. It's the veteran leadership. That's the key to moving forward with the younger guys and they follow suit. And again, like you say, success breeds success. And, and that's not just on the baseball field. That's in the weight room. That's in the classroom. That's socially. You know, if because we all have mentors, and just like I say, I had mentors in the, on the coaching front. We all have mentors off the field too, mm-hmm. and you know that's a big piece. And how to go about your study habits, and okay, mom and dad aren't here to say, hey, can you get up and you know make sure you study and make sure you make your bed or make sure you do your chore, or whatever it is. It's it's success breeding success, meaning a veteran helping a, a younger guy teach them what's expected and what's needed to be a a big time student athlete. Cause there's lots more than goes into it than the baseball. It's easy to derail yourself off the field. Let's put it that way. You mentioned earlier your kids and they're having their own successes as well. Brendan's played the game. Uh, We also had news recently about Shea committing to you, Mary. What's that experience been like, as you mentioned, kind of going full circle and now seeing them blazing their own paths. Yeah, it's, it's been a ton of fun. You know, I've been fortunate uh, right from the get-go. I coached them through summer ball. So we were able to, you know, both with Brendan and Shay, we were able to go to several national championships. And we'd lose teams like every year to BC in the semifinal to go to a World Series somewhere. But it, it started at a young age. And then it's, it's uh, you know, I think Shay waited his entire life. He's born in 2003. So every single May long weekend, for instance, or every single banquet since the inception of our program, he's been there and he waited his entire life. And fortunate, he was good enough to be part of the program and now he lives and he's part of the program. And, and uh, I just hope he can get on a road trip and, and really fulfill. He hasn't been able to do any of that since he's been part of it. But yeah, both Kim and I are honored that Shay you know, has accepted a scholarship athletically and academically to go to the University of Mary. And I know he's super excited. He's going with a good friend and a teammate, Caleb Haney. And, and then Brennan's on our practice squad as a 10th grader right now. And um, he's got a decent shot to, to make the main team next year. And 
it is, it's exciting. It, it's kind of scary in the sense too, how quickly it goes, you know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of 12, 11, 12 year old, and all of a sudden they're in high school and graduating and it happens super quick. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and, and, uh, you know, I'm proud of both my boys and I'm proud of my daughter who's, who's a good little athlete and um, played some baseball and hopefully goes on to play some school sports whenever they can. And, um, yeah, it's been a ton of fun. And, and like I say, O'Shea will go young. He'll be 17 in college next year. So he'll be young in comparison to the majority of American kids. But um, I think he can handle it. And I think he's ready both baseball-wise and off the field to uh, to tackle what's what's ahead of him in the collegiate world. I was going to ask about your daughter as well. Has Taya got a bit of a, a baseball streak in her as well? She did. She played for two or three, two years, maybe three years. Uh, she enjoyed it. Um, there isn't a ton of girls playing baseball in Leopard, mm-hmm. so I, I don't. If if more of her friends were to play it, she liked the social part, which we all do it mm-hmm. when we're young. We the social part's a big part of it, um, and she was pretty decent at it. So uh, maybe she'll get into softball here, which isn't huge in Leopard either. So maybe you know it'll be interesting to see where she shakes out. She does enjoy volleyball. She's a good athlete. She likes to play basketball. She likes to run. So she's a sixth grader right now. She just started middle school. So hopefully next year, if uh, if we're able to, hopefully she's able to really dive in uh, feet first into into school sports, and and uh, it'll it'll be a new path. Maybe I'll be a volleyball dad or a baseball or a basketball dad or whatever it is. So your game anyway. My game, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in for it. So. It'll be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to following what, whatever she decides to do, athletics or not. I hope she decides to play uh, sports at a good level, and because um, I, I, I do think it can help define you, and, and it help teaches you. It teaches you a ton of life skills, and um, long after whatever, whether it's on the court or on the field or on the ice. How important is that side of it, whether it's your kids, whether it's your the guys that you have at the academy to kind of stress that you got to do what you love? I mean, obviously, you've been doing it now for 20 plus years. How how integral is it that they you come to come to work, whether it be at the baseball field or, as you mentioned, law office or whatever the case may be, and have that gut like, yeah, we're, we're going to tackle the day kind of uh, mindset? I think it's really important, and I think we're all, everybody – would be lying right now if we didn't say we're questioning things right now. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be a baseball coach right now. It's hard to be a student right now. It's hard to go to work every day with what we're all dealing with. And um, you know, I, I was reading some something interesting recently, and and I believe it was John Gordon that talked about all the negative thoughts that just naturally creep into your head. And it's important to to try to look at the positives. To and it's easy not to right now. It's easy to look at all the negatives, but it's something that. I'm trying to remind myself every day, you know, in a normal year today for 15 straight years, the Tuesday after the February break, which is reading week in Southern Alberta, we would have our MLB camp. We'd have a bunch of scouts in, they'd come to Vauxhall, then they'd go up to Okotoks. Mm-hmm. And we did that for 15 years. Well, this is the first year in, in, fifth, this is in 15 years we haven't had it today. So it's easy to be frustrated. It's easy to be frustrated that we're not looking forward to going to Vegas and Kamloops and Missoula. But I think we just got to take it one day at a time and uh, still got to be fortunate that uh, we're healthy and that we're able to, to do things we do love. And baseball is a great game. And at some point in time, you know, we're all going to be have the ability to 
to get back to to normal normalcy is as much as that is and whatever that's going to be um but uh it is important to do things you love and it is important to to be reminded of that and I'll tell you what I've I'm starting to do more and more especially with my own kids and I got to remind myself to do this more you got to smile more mm-hmm. and you know smiling helps you know and and uh a lot of times I don't smile nearly enough but I think it helps and uh and I think we all need it right now too Absolutely final question for you and I have a feeling this one might make you smile as well what does the game of baseball mean to you It does make me smile uh the game of baseball is is my life, you know, outside of my family. My family is baseball. You know, my wife loves it. My daughter loves it. I, my boys love it. My fa- my parents love it. My brother loves it. Uh, baseball is, is, is the McTavish family. And, uh, you know, it's helped me travel the world. It's helped my kids travel the world um, and, and my wife travel the world and, it's something that, uh, you know, is, is a huge, huge part of, of our family, and, and I hope it is for, for, for my entire life. So uh, it's something that it brings joy to my, my, my voice every day and, and makes me want to get up and go to work and, and hopefully help 22 student-athletes fulfill their dream and hopefully, and most importantly, hopefully we provide them some direction to, to figure out what they love in life. And uh, baseball is something I love dearly, and, and it's given me a lot. Hopefully, I'm able to give a lot back to it. Les, love the laughs, love the insight. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks, Joe. Take care, and uh, hopefully we see you around the ballpark sooner than later. Thanks again to Les McTavish for joining us this week, and thanks as always to all of you for downloading and listening. A special shout-out to Ian Wilson, who's been busy writing stories for the website, including one about Negro League's legend John Donaldson and his connection to Western Canada, as well as another about Hank Aaron and a few other big names visiting the community of Barhead. You'll have to read all about those stories at albertadugoutstories.com. That'll do it for this edition of the podcast. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.